want to read for you from Galatians chapter 6, starting in verse 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are in the household of faith. We are uh, taking a little bit of a departure from the book of Matthew just for this one week. We've been uh, working our way through the book of Matthew and in chapter 12, and uh, next week, November uh, through up till Christmas, we'll be doing a mini-series in the book of Matthew in chapter 13 on the parables or the kingdom stories. And so we'll enjoy that, but wanted to take a moment because last week we read from uh, Matthew chapter 12. And in Matthew chapter 12, he talks about, now, who are my mother and my brothers? Who, who are my spiritual family, right? And so, uh, his, uh, G, this is Jesus. His mother and brothers were outside, and they were calling, and they were saying, Jesus, we want to talk to you. And he said to, to those standing around him in verse 48, he replies to the man who told him, who are my mother and who are my brothers? And stretching out his hand toward his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers, For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. And so I just wanted to take a week to talk about what does that look like? What does that mean for for Jesus' spiritual family to uh, be his brother and sisters and to do the will of his Father in heaven, right? He said, anyone who is doing the will of my Father who is in heaven is my spiritual family. They are my family. And so I just wanted to to take a break from Matthew and and look at uh, Galatians chapter 6 and say, okay, what does it look like to do that? And particularly, I I wanted to uh, notice this verse. Verse 9, let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. And I, I want to, to focus on that verse, and, and uh, the reason that I want to do that is because I feel like if you are like me, we are getting to the tired part of the year. We're getting to the tired part of the year. We're getting into uh, the part where the weather has now changed. We had a beautiful October, lots of sun, lots of warm weather. It seemed like it was summer forever. And uh, I saw a, a meme this week that, that said, um, me, hey fall, are you coming? And then fall responds and says, yeah, me and winter are just pulling up right now. And that's kind of how it feels like. Like we had this summer that lasted forever and then we're just jumping straight from summer into winter with, with no fall. And as that happens, I start to feel tired. The, the days start getting shor- shorter, the weather starts getting darker, I start feeling tired and I just get tired of doing the things that I know that I should do. Do you ever feel that way? You get tired of doing, okay, I know that I should do this, but I don't. I just want to sit in my sweatpants and drink hot chocolate, right? And maybe for some of you, that's what you should be doing. I want to affirm that that's a possibility. But there are other times when there is something that we should be doing, and we just go, I am, I'm so tired, I don't want to do it. And so this message is to be an encouragement to those of you who are in that position this morning. 
he begins by saying, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. Do not, do not be deceived. Don't be confused. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. God will not be mocked. He will not be made fun of. Nobody will say, ha, 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 God tried to do such and such and it didn't work. That's not who God is. God never has what he wants not work. He will accomplish his purposes. God, do not be deceived. God is not mocked because whatever one sows, that he will also reap. Now, he's giving us this illustration that is that whatever you plant in the ground, that's what you're going to harvest. Those of you who uh, like flowers, sometimes you plant seeds, right? And then you plant the seeds and you know, if I plant these seeds, these flowers are going to come up. That plant is going to come up and it's going to produce this bloom, right? Uh, you might have a garden and you say, I know, if I take these carrot seeds and I put them in the ground and they come up, carrot plants are going to come up and I'm going to have carrots, Right? If I put tomato seeds in the ground, they will come up, the plants will come up, and they will bear fruit, and that fruit will be tomatoes every time. In fact, if I am surprised, and this has happened to me on occasion, where I have planted my garden, and where I know I planted tomatoes, carrots came up. And do you know what happened? Those tomato seeds resulted in carrots. No. That never happened. Not one time did I ever plant tomato seeds that came up as carrots. If I thought I planted one kind of seed and a different kind of plant came up, it was because I was mistaken on what kind of seed I put in the ground. And in that way, God will never be mocked. That which you sow, you will reap. That which you sow, you will reap. Every single time. Whatever it is that you are planting, that is what will bear fruit. And so if you are planting something in your heart, if you are planting something in your mind, that is what is going to grow into a plant and bear some kind of fruit. Whatever that kind of seed is that you're putting into your mind or you're putting into your heart, that is what's going to bear fruit. And whatever kind of seed it is that you are putting into your relationships or into the community, that is what also is going to bear fruit. That's the illustration that he's using here. In fact, connecting back to Matthew chapter 12 again, this is very similar to what Jesus was saying in Matthew chapter 12, verses 33 through 37. He said, Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad, for the tree is known by its fruit. And if you were here a few weeks ago, you remember we talked about that. We talked about that. The tree is a good tree will always bear good fruit. A bad tree will always bear bad fruit. So then he accuses the people that are before him in verse 34. You brood of vipers. How can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good person out of his good treasure brings forth good. And the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Thing that he was saying, this was the same thing that he's saying in Galatians. 
That which you sow, you will reap. That which you sow is going to bear fruit, and that's the fruit that you're going to get. If you don't want to eat crab apples, don't plant crab apple seeds. If you don't happen to like zucchini, don't plant zucchini seeds, because if you plant zucchini seeds, you will get a lot of zucchini. But if you like something else, if you like raspberries, plant raspberry seeds so that you will grow raspberries and you will reap raspberries. So whatever it is that you want to reap, that is what you ought to sow. So he says in verse 8, continuing this illustration of in Galatians chapter 6, for the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. If you sow to your own flesh, then you will from your own flesh reap corruption. And in the context of the book of Galatians, if you go back just one chapter into uh, chapter 5, he talks a little bit about the kinds of things that you reap from the flesh. He says, these are the works of the flesh. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 19. Now, the works of the flesh are evident. They're sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. It's interesting to me that he lays out this list of things that to me, it's like, okay, yep, yep, yep. It just keeps going. This list of things that we might reap from the flesh just keeps going, and then he gets to the end of it and he just says, and other stuff like this. And other stuff like this. There is so much stuff that we sow to the flesh. There are so many things that he just says, and all kinds of stuff like that. All kinds of stuff like that. Now, I I recognize in the book of Galatians that you have two different ways of sowing to the flesh. The first is sort of a self-indulgent way. You're sowing to the things that you really want. Your flesh lusts for these things. You really desire those things. And so we see some of those uh, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, drunkenness, orgies, these kinds of things that that you sow to your flesh and you say, this is the kind of thing that uh, I just really am going to indulge in. This is my guilty pleasure kind of a thing. That, that you're going to say, this is, I, I'm not really going to evaluate whether or not this is a good thing or a bad thing. I just really enjoy it. I really like it. I really want it. And so I'm going to sow to that. I'm going to think about that. I'm going to meditate on that. I'm going to pursue that. I'm going to look for it. See how can I acquire it. And it's a self-indulgent way of sowing to the flesh. It's a self-indulgent way of of sowing to the flesh. Where you're looking and saying, what are these things that appeal to me, that gratify me, that make me feel good right now, so that I might uh, indulge myself in those things? But then there's another kind of uh, sowing to the flesh that presents itself in the book of Galatians, and that is... um, Uh, sort of uh, a uh, self-righteous spirituality 
That is, that, that I would do things in my flesh so that I might boast and be proud, that I might feel good about myself. And so I'm going to do the kinds of things that I feel like this is the right thing to do, and so I can be pleased with who I have become or who I am morally. I am morally superior. And that results in these, kinds of, these things that are listed in verse uh, 20 of Galatians chapter 5, this enmity and strife and jealousy, even fits of anger and rivalries, dissensions, divisions, and envy. Those kinds of things where you are looking at other people and you are competing with them. You're competing with them. I'm a competitive person by nature. I, I love to compete, whether it's games or sports or whatever. I want to win every time, every time. It, it's hard for me to stand on the sidelines during a, three, a third grade uh, soccer game because I am competitive. I really try not to be the annoying parent that's over there yelling and cheering and overcoaching from the sidelines, but I think that sometimes I, I veer into that territory, right? That, that this, this the competition of this is what I want, I want to win. But there, we can do that in a self-righteous way where we're looking at other people and we're saying, I want to, um, I want to be morally superior to them. I want to be morally superior to them. Now, you might not articulate it to yourself that way, right? That's maybe my competitive nature, that I look at somebody and go, am I morally superior to them? And you would go, I would never ask myself that question. But we do that comparison thing. Well, they're doing these things, I'm doing those things. They serve over here, they give their time there, they do those kinds of things. How do I measure up? How do I measure up to them? How do I compare to them? And again, this is that sowing to the flesh. That sowing to the flesh. This idea that we might do the kinds of things morally or religiously that would advance us beyond other people or where we would be self-justified. We would feel good about ourselves because we had attained a certain level. And he says, don't. Don't sow to the flesh. Because what happens when you sow to the flesh in that kind of a way is that you're going to end up with this strife and jealousy and envy and divisions and rivalries and those kinds of things happen even in the church. Even in the church. As people are trying to play the comparison game, am I doing good enough? Am I measuring up? Am I measuring up? And then we begin to become jealous of the people that we think are further along than we are, more righteous than we are, have their stuff together in a way that we don't, appear to have the kinds of relationships and marriages and families and friends and communities that we wish that we had, and so we become envious of them, jealous of them. Or you find yourself in a sort of competition with them, and so you're competing with them, and there's divisions and rivalries. I had somebody, uh, after I graduated from seminary, it was actually at our graduation, this person came up to me 
and said, I, I want you to know uh, that you really helped me through seminary. And I said, how's that? They said, well, you didn't know it, but I was competing with you in every class. We had almost every class together, and I was competing with you because I, I saw how you were doing, and I just wanted to do that well, and so I was competing with you all the way through seminary, and, and so you really helped me do well through seminary. I'm so glad I knew that after we graduated. <laughs> I'm so glad because uh, this was a person that I, I loved and I really enjoyed being in class with them, and I'm so glad that we were not competing together against each other, that there might be rivalries or divisions or envies or jealousies. He says, instead, the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Don't be sowing to the flesh in a self-indulgent way or in a moralistic, self-righteous way, but rather sow to the Spirit. For the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And these are the fruit of the Spirit. One chapter back. Again, chapter 5, verse 20, 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. There's nobody anywhere going, oh, I really hate how patient you are. You really, you really, uh, I think it should be illegal how patient you are. Your joy is super annoying to me. You don't get to be joyful anymore. Please stop being so peaceful. Please stop being so peaceful. Please stop being so good, so faithful, so gentle, so kind. No, there's nobody out there making rules against those things. And these are the fruits of the Spirit. Now, I read that list, and the thing that I do is I go, oh, I need to work a lot harder at making uh, the fruit of the Spirit. I need to wor make, work a lot harder at making the fruit of the Spirit. But that's not how you make fruit, right? You don't, you don't produce fruit. If you want to reap the fruit of the Spirit, then what do you have to do? You have to plant fruit of the Spirit seeds, right? Because if I'm planting division and competitive seeds, envy, if I'm planting those seeds, then what am I going to reap? Same thing. Division and envy and all of those. So I have to be planting instead fruit of the Spirit seeds. And then God is not mocked because God will bring about the fruit of the Spirit. When I find myself in a place where I say, I am not compassionate enough. I am not patient enough. I need to really discipline myself and work really hard to be more patient. God is going, um, Travis, I, I gave you my Holy Spirit. I gave you my Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit might produce in you patience. And you're fighting with the Holy Spirit because you are competing 
to have more patience instead of relying on me to give you my patience. We find that when we sow those kinds of seeds, that the kinds of seeds we, uh, the kinds of fruit then we reap is the kinds of fruit that we really deeply want. Isn't that interesting? Because so often my self-indulgent self or my self-righteous self says, I want that fruit. That would make me feel good. But when I read the fruit of the Spirit, I go, wait a second. That's the fruit I actually want. The fruit that I actually want is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and self-control. That's, that's the fruit that I actually want. And so we need to sow to that. And he says in verse 9, And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. And this brings us back to this time of year again. This I'm getting tired time of year. There's something exciting for, for me. I don't know how your annual routines go, but uh, for, for me, the summer is kind of a break and the fall is very exciting. I love the change of weather in, in normal years, the change of weather from summer to fall and uh, the addition of routine and all of the fall activities, the, the fall sports and the, the school year things. And I really, that, those first several weeks of school and the, the fall routine, I really enjoy that. And then after you're into like week eight, I think that's around where we are right now, is somewhere around week eight, week 10, somewhere in that range. I start going, oh my goodness, I can't. I just can't. We've just been running and running and running. We just run from activity to activity. We've got so many things going on. There's so much stuff happening. I just, I don't know if I can continue to do this. We feel like uh, if we just put it on our calendar, if it fits in the calendar, then we can make it happen. And at some point I'm going, I have to stop putting stuff on the calendar. I, I just don't know if I can continue to do this. And I have experienced this at other times in, in other areas of my life, in the spiritual realm where I'm going, I don't know if I can continue to do this. I don't know if I can continue to do the right thing. Have you ha had a relationship that you felt that way before? That you have some kind of a, a, a friendship or um, somebody that you are, are going, I am so I'm so trying to do the right thing in this relationship. I'm so trying to be patient here, and I'm running out of patience. I'm, I'm so trying to be compassionate and gracious and understanding and gentle, and they are trying my patience. My, my mom used to say, they are getting on my last nerve. I, I am just running out. I'm running out. I've got nothing left. 
And here, Paul's encouragement is he says, don't, don't grow weary of doing good. Don't grow weary of doing good. Don't get tired of doing good. You've seen the, the, the uh, sports where people are competing and they're going, I can't. I've got nothing left, coach. I've got nothing left. You're going to have to take me out. I've got nothing left. I can't, I can't do it. And the coach is going, just, just a little bit longer. Just a little bit. I, I need two minutes more. I need, I need you to give me two more minutes, right? I, I just, you, can, you can do it. Just keep running. Just keep running. Just a little bit further. We're almost there. We're almost to the end. And when I get to a passage like this, I start thinking that way. I'm so tired. I'm so tired of doing the right thing all the time. Deep breath. But if I have to push on a little bit further, maybe I won't burn out this week. And I don't think that's what Paul is encouraging us to do. I don't think Paul is saying, you know, if you just pull yourself up by the bootstraps, if you just take a deep breath, you can squeeze a little bit more out. I think he's literally saying, don't get tired of doing good. Don't get tired of doing the right thing. Do you know why I get tired of doing the right thing? Sometimes I get tired of doing the right thing because I feel like I'm getting mocked. I feel like I'm getting mocked. God may not get mocked, but I feel like I'm getting mocked. How come you're doing that? That seems like the hard way of doing it. It'd be much easier if you did it this way. Well, yes, I know it would be easier to do it that way, but that's not the right way to do it. This is the right way to do it. This is the good thing to do. Yes, it's much easier to just, when they come at me like that, to just spout off and come right back at them. Makes me feel real good in the moment. But it's not the right thing to do. It's not the right thing to do. And I think that what Paul is saying here is, look, let's delight in doing good. Let's delight in doing good. God will not be mocked. God will not be mocked. Because those times that I have been tired of doing good, I have been tired of being patient, and my patience is done. And so, okay, I've been kind, I've been gracious, I've been compassionate, I've been patient, I've got nothing. Okay, we're done here. Now you don't get my patient side anymore. Now you don't get my grace anymore. I'm all done with you. And the kind of fruit that that bears, every time, so disappointing to me, that's not the kind of fruit that I want to bear. But when I'm gracious and when I'm compassionate, God is not mocked. And the fruit that is produced is good. And how then would we grow weary of doing what is good when the fruit that we reap is so great? So then he says, 
As we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone. Let us do good to everyone. And so then I start going through my checklist, right? The way that I like to do things, I make a checklist. Okay, what are all the good things that I have to do to everybody? What do I have to do so that I do good to everybody? And so I'm, I'm going to give you a, a checklist here. Pray the fruit of the Spirit for them. If you would like to see the fruit of the Spirit displayed, if you would like to reap the fruit of the Spirit, then what you should do is you should pray the fruit of the Spirit for other people. Just pray patience for them. Pray love for them. Pray kindness for them. Pray faithfulness for them. Because you're not going to be able to produce it in them anyway. So let the Holy Spirit do the hard work of the cultivating and all the stuff. You just plant some seeds and pray. And the second thing is display. Whether in, in words or in actions, just display the fruit of the Spirit to them. So let's, let's just think of an example. Let, let's take your neighbor. And you have a neighbor and you, you uh, maybe get along okay with that neighbor. You want to do good for that neighbor. What are you going to do? You're going to pray the fruit of the Spirit for them. And then you're going to display the fruit of the Spirit for them. Maybe it will uh, show up in hospitality. Maybe you're going to invite them over and just be gracious with them. Be generous with them and have them over. Maybe you're, you find some kind of an opportunity that you can do good for them in, in serving them. Maybe you will find some way that you can be generous with them and give them something. Maybe it's an encouraging, encouragement that your words of kindness are what's going to just be an encouragement to them. And I have found many people that what they most need is somebody that listens and encourages. Maybe it's a peacemaking Maybe it's peacemaking. Maybe you're making peace with them, or maybe uh, they need to have peace made with somebody else, and you help facilitate that. But when we do this kind of good, then God will not be mocked. Fruit will be born. But it's going to require the work of the Holy Spirit, right? And if it's going to require the work of the Holy Spirit rather than my work and my effort, then it's going to have to be uh, in prayer. And I'm going to have to just say, okay, my job is to plant seeds. When I'm gardening, the easy part is putting seeds into the ground. That's the easy part. And the fun part. I, mean, I, I have two fun parts to gardening. The first is putting seeds into the ground, and the second is to pick the fruit and eat it afterwards. Those are the two parts I enjoy so that you can put the, the seeds in. When you, that, that part, that preparing the ground, I don't enjoy that part. The weeding the garden and getting rid of all of the stuff that I don't like, that part is not fun to me. Pruning the plants, not my best 
putting the trellises in and all of that stuff so that they grow the way that they should grow, not my favorite part. My favorite part is putting the seeds in the ground with the anticipation that fruit will come out and then harvesting fruit at the end. If I could do just those two things, I would love this. I would love to garden and I would garden every year instead of intending to garden every year and instead gardening every other year. But do you know what? When it comes to this, when it comes to the reaping of the fruit of the Spirit, guess who does all the work? The Holy Spirit does all the work. And so your job is you plant seeds and you eat fruit. You plant seeds, you harvest fruit. You plant seeds, you harvest fruit. Because the cultivation, that's going to be the Holy Spirit's work to do. The preparing the ground, the Holy Spirit does that. The working it in somebody else's heart, the working it in somebody else's mind, that's the work of the Holy Spirit too. The producing of the fruit, again, the work of the Holy Spirit. And so we do not need to worry or be weary of doing good. Because the things that we're going to do is we're just going to plant seeds and pray that the Holy Spirit will produce fruit. And then we'll be so excited when there's the fruit. And that will be true when we are interacting with the people in our community. We're doing good for the people that are in our community. And some of the fruit that we will expect to see is this kind of delightful relationship with somebody who is patient and joyous and compassionate along with us. And hopefully, one of those seeds that we are planting is the seed of the gospel, that is the good news of who Jesus is. And so you might, in your encouragement of that person, as you're walking alongside them, you might share, this is the hope that I have in Jesus. And the greatest transformations that I have seen in people is when they believe and understand that Jesus is their Savior. Because then the change in them is dramatic. It's dramatic. And it is the greatest fruit. And so one of those seeds that I uh, hope to share with people is the Word of God, that it might be nested in their heart and then grow up and sprout up and produce fruit. And he says here now, so then we have an opportunity, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone and especially to those who are in the household of faith. So now I have been talking about those who are in the community, your maybe physical neighbors or the people who are near you. As you have opportunity, you can uh, display the fruit of the Spirit and pray the fruit of the Spirit for them. And then when we come to the household of faith, that is the family of God, the people within the church, within the community of Christ, now what do we do? Well, we do exactly the same things. We pray the fruit of the Spirit for them. We display the fruit of the Spirit to them, and we speak the fruit of the Spirit to them. And we're going to do the same, same things. We're going to share the hope that we have in Jesus with one another. And when we have those times, and I promise they will happen, if you spend very much time in the church, you're going to get frustrated with people. You're going to get annoyed. You're going to get mad. You're going to get angry. You're going to go home and go, ah! But then we demonstrate the fruit of the Spirit. We speak 
the hope that we have in Jesus to one another. We encourage one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. We make melody to our hearts, in our hearts to the Lord. And the fruit that is born is wonderful. And do you know what? You don't have to change the person that's sitting in the pew next to you. You don't have to change the person that's standing on the stage. It's not your role. You can just plant the fruit and pray, and the work of the Holy Spirit will transform them. Will transform them. And we will bear fruit together. And so we don't need to be weary of doing good. We just continue to walk in the good that as we have opportunity, God puts before us. And we just, from time to time, we'll go, this is what God is asking me to do. This is what God is asking me to do, and I am going to do it. We've talked in weeks past about ways that you might do that in the church, the ways that you might serve in the church, show hospitality in the church, give words of encouragement in the church. And I want to encourage you because I see that. I see the fruit of the Spirit being produced in this community. I see the way that you are doing good in your neighborhoods, among your families, and in this church. And I want you to know I see it and I see the fruit that is being produced. And sometimes it feels like we are working hard at this gardening thing and there's no fruit. And we're tempted then to be tired and to give up because we're doing the work and we're not seeing the fruit. And I just want to encourage you not to get tired and give up because God will not be mocked and the fruit will come. The fruit will come. You don't need to burn yourself out by working really hard. You just need to keep doing the things that God has given to you to do and praying that He will do the work. And in due season, we will reap. We will reap all of the fruit that has been sown. And so I don't know if you are like me, coming into this time of the year and feeling tired and seeing the holidays ahead and those schedules maybe ramping up. But do not get tired of doing good. Do not get tired of doing good. Because God is producing some really great fruit. And even if you don't see it yet, it's coming. And it's delightful. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you that the work is yours and not ours to do. Lord, I, I pray that we might see the kind of fruit that is produced through the Spirit. And it would make us desire to sow to the Spirit. Lord, I pray that when we are tempted in uh, self-righteousness or self-indulgence to sow to the flesh, that we would look ahead and see the fruit that will be produced in that. 
and that it would keep us from sowing to the flesh. And Father, we, I pray for uh, those who are here today, those who feel like they have been doing good and they are tired of doing good, those who feel like doing good has been fruitless, those who feel like doing good, for doing good, they have been mocked. And Lord, I pray that you would encourage them. I pray that you would strengthen them. I pray that they would not grow tired of doing what is good. And I pray that very soon you would show them the harvest. That they might share in your joy. And Lord, we praise you for these things. In the name of Jesus and in the power of the Holy Spirit, amen.